Right. Companies really have to think about not only what are they paying people and are they competitive, but what else can you offer people? And I think we've continued to try to emphasize that to our locations and our managers throughout is, you know, you got to make it. It's not just about the pay because they can get that pay anywhere, right. um, but you got to make it a place that people want to come to work and you got to give them a reason to want to come back. Welcome to the Modern Car Wash Podcast. I'm your host, Dan St. Jacques. Today's guest is Hoffman Development Director of Human Resources, Mary Ellen Olenek. Mary Ellen has a 30-year background in human resources, and she's been with Hoffman Car Wash for the last five years. In today's conversation, we talked about training your employees, the importance of staffing for growth, navigating through COVID, and today's current labor market. It's a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here's today's show. Mary Ellen Olenek, welcome to the Modern Car Wash Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Dan, for having me. And well, it took a bit of coaxing to get you here, but I'm glad we were able to do it. And like I said, this must be a first podcast appearance for you. It is my first podcast. And then I said it probably might lead to the book deal here for you. So Most definitely. Yeah. That's already like in the works. Do you have uh, potential titles picked out for memoirs or for your own book? Uh, the Trials and Tribulations of HR. Sure. Uh, I could go on and on about what we could name that, but yes. I've got I definitely, a couple for you. I'm sure you do. Uh, one, an ode to your favorite Creed song, Can You Take Me Higher, H-I-R-E. How do you feel about that one? <laughs> I love that. Okay. How about uh, per company policy and other things I say a million times a day? That would be good too. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. But uh, so before we get started, why don't you give us just a little bit of a sense of, of your background and kind of how you got to hear with Hoffman Development, because you've been here six, were you six just years Just about now? six years, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. So just kind of give us a sense of how you got to this spot now. Okay. So I've worked in HR basically my entire professional career, which um, unbelievably to say is more than 30 years now. Uh, started when I was, like, you know, 10, basically. <laughs> uh, but I have worked in HR in the local community, basically in a variety of companies. I started at Albany Med and worked there for a number of years. I've worked in some nonprofits, worked with uh, on a Cable for a long time. And uh, just prior to this, I was working actually in North Adams, Massachusetts at a college. So I'd worked there for a couple of years and was driving obviously a long way and kind of saw this and came for an interview and was like, yeah, my husband kept saying like, why do you keep going back for the next interview? And I was like, I don't know. I'll just talk to him. I don't really want the job. I'll just kind of use it for, you know, leverage or something like that. And, you know, then I Decided to take it. I met Ron, had a good conversation with Ron, and decided to give it a go. So here I am, six years later. And obviously, in that time now, as you go through that six years, there's been a pretty big shift in terms of Hoffman development itself. When you look at the office that we're in right now, coming from where we were, you know, a year and a half ago, moving right. to this new office, now almost out of this office exactly. <laughs> in terms of space in this one. So how has that kind of changed in terms of the the, the growth that you've seen and the way kind of you've had to bring people into the business since you've been here in the last five years or six years? Well, I think in the time that I've been here, we've really, I guess a good way to say it is we've really modernized HR um, between myself and Katie, who's been here the whole time. So when I came here, it was just Katie and I was replacing somebody that had been here a long time and was retiring. And uh, I guess I would just say that a lot of the processes, the systems, the things that were in place were a little antiquated and outdated. So in the last six years, we've really again, modernized thing, brought technology 
into all of the processes that we do to support the locations and continue to be able to support the growth that we see at the car wash and just Hoffman development in general. And then so obviously up until a point, you, you go through that process, but then let's kind of walk back to last year, as awful as it is to go back through it, but obviously something happens completely unprecedented for the world. So right. certainly in the HR world, nothing like that we would have ever seen. Kind of walk us back through, you know, when it, in March when we say the washes are closed. So one day we're closed and then essentially, I mean, we have hundreds of people that don't have somewhere to go to work. So how right. do you navigate, how do you navigate through that process when it starts there in March, working through the point when we were able to open back up again, which was something like 45 days later or whatever it was, right. um, working through that and how do you get people back to work safely? And even when we started 45 days later, it still wasn't like it was, uh, kind of full speed like it had always been. So how did, how do you navigate through that time? So the last year and a half, I would say, I mean, besides it's just been unprecedented for everybody in the entire world and things like that. I mean, from an HR perspective, I mean, it was, there's not even really words to describe it. I mean, back in March of last year, every day there was a new law, there was a new regulation, there was a new policy coming out. So just on the paying attention to legal compliance and what are we supposed to do and what's changing today. And, you know, just back in the beginning of that, every day there was like, okay, 75% of the people can be in the office and the next day it was 50%. And then it was like 0% and we were like, what, what, what's happening? And do we have essential workers? Are we an essential business? So just from, again, regulation compliance, it was every day was a new day. I mean, I said we should all HR professionals should get lifetime <laughs> lifetime certification yeah, basically right. we should yeah. not have to do any continuing ed forever yeah. <laughs> uh, because we there was just so much happening and it just went crazy and obviously then it was just taking that and every day being able to translate that into how it impacted our business and our employees and I think we always tried to think about how is it going to affect the employees um, I mean my gosh when we had to furlough people I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, how are we going to let them know? How are we going to support them? What are we going to put in place to um, minimize the impact for them and their families from not only income, but benefits, unemployment, all the things that had to be navigated? And, and we were all doing that from our homes, as you know. So, you know, locked in our own little rooms at home, trying to navigate that literally seven days a week, right. um, how it was happening. So it was just crazy and it's just been a wave of that was the furlough and then we really didn't see any COVID cases here until fall and then we saw lots of COVID cases and quarantines and just the changing regulations and even now you know it's back a bit and navigating vaccines masks etc it's still an everyday thing for us right still very much a part of it a year and a half later we're still right in it. and on the other side of that too or another kind of impact that it's had certainly is and I would assume this is the case that the labor market has really shifted as well in terms of hirings. Um, obviously, there's you see openings all over the place. And now with the increase of minimum wage, it seems like it's even more difficult to get people into those positions. You know, I know a lot of the positions we have when you're looking at the washes or the if you're looking at the Jiffy Lube, there's some seasonal employment there because you have, you know, people who are coming in for summer or people who are out of school, out of college or whatever it may be. But now it seems like it's even harder to get people into those roles even with the abundance of positions that there are. So how, how have you seen that change now, you know, the labor market now in still kind of in this COVID era, I guess? I'd say that the labor market in the last probably four months, it hasn't even been that long, has been something completely unprecedented. And I say to people, you know, the unemployment rate here in our area was relatively low pre-pandemic. I mean, we were, mm -hmm. you know, it was in the threes. Um, 
which is pretty low unemployment. So we were always kind of constantly recruiting and looking for people. But I mean, now with just the many factors there are, there was still people, some number, we don't know how many on unemployment. People want to work remote. There was kids at home. There's daycare issues. There's concerns over COVID. And it's just driven the labor market to a whole new world. As everybody knows, like anywhere you go, people are looking for help. I mean, restaurants are closing mm -hmm. down certain days of the week. We've changed our hours. We had to increase our rates to a level we had not, would not have anticipated for a long time um, just to be able to be somewhat competitive. So it continues to be a real struggle to find people to come in, um, to show up at work, to continue to come to work. Um, and I think it's because there's just so much competition. If you come in today and you don't like it, I can go get another job. I can get 20 jobs. It's almost like the recruiting used to be, tell me why you want to come work for us will hire you. Why should we hire you? And now it's almost like, it's like you're a college football coach going to recruit these kids. Right. Like, this is why you should come play for my school, <laughs> bringing your, bringing your Hoffman cap in there and say, you know, we'll put you on national TV or whatever it is that it's really shifted from the onus being on the people looking for jobs now to the companies looking for people to work for them. Right. Companies really have to think about not only what are they paying people and are they competitive, but what else can you offer people? And I think we've continued to try to emphasize that to our locations and our managers throughout is, you know, you got to make it, it's not just about the pay because they can get that pay anywhere, right. um, but you got to make it a place that people want to come to work and you got to give them a reason to want to come back. Otherwise they're, you know, it's not like the old days, like I said, where like, oh, I want to keep this job, even if it's not great because I can't get another one. I can get, a, I can get a ton of jobs. Um, so we have really had to up, I guess, our game a little bit in terms of how we work with people, how we train people how we develop people, everything that we do. And it's still been challenging because of COVID because we still have restrictions in terms of how do we train people? Right. Is it in person? All the other kinds of things. So yeah, super, super challenging these days. Yeah, and you touched on it there. Like the importance of um, employee retention, obviously, is a huge piece of it because the more people you can keep in there, even right. when, you know, once you're expanding, you need to add people. But when you keep people in the business and don't have to worry about finding people to backfill those roles. So how do you navigate or how can operators navigate that kind of situation? How do you work to retain employees who are good, solid employees? How do you keep them you know, in your, in your business, in your, in your washes? Well, again, I think you have, it has to be a place where people want to come. So, you know, I mean, it sounds really basic. You should talk to your employees, mm -hmm. you know, every day. Hey, how's it going? What's working for you? Can I do something different for you? Thanks for coming in today. I mean, they're just really basic things, let alone trying to, you know, we've really emphasized as the weather's been summer weather, I mm -hmm. guess, you know, buy them Gatorade, get them water, get them some popsicles, you know, anything you can do to try to, um, you know, mitigate some of the things that don't make, make this a challenging job sometimes for people. And we've been short staffed this summer. So people are working longer and harder than they've ever worked, I think. So just anything you our managers can do. Um, and we've tried from an organizational standpoint to remind our managers of that. We've also tried to put programs over, you know, in place over time that make people want to come to work here. So, you know, we have a, a mentor program now that we've implemented this year for um, managers and mid-level professionals to hopefully, you know, help them get to the next level and again, engage them and develop them differently. Uh, you know, we have a scholarship program that we yeah. offer to our employees to, again, try to retain high school kids as they go into college, come back for your breaks and things like that. So we're always looking to try to see if we can enhance and get things that kind of, you know, get people to stay. All right. 
And it seems like you said, it seems like a basic thing to talk about showing empathy for your employees and showing that you care. But I guess it's also easy to get bogged down in the grind of, you know, your daily routine as you're going through it, as you're trying to process cars and managers are focused on a million things. But right. the people part of it is what's going to make you successful and, you know, and, and sort of remove a lot of those challenges that you're going to face if you have people to actually run your wash itself and competent people who you trust and have been there. So I guess that's obviously a big part of it. Right. Show them that you care. It seems right. pretty basic. Right. The fact that they showed up, like, let them know. Like, and again, it sounds like a basic thing, like, oh, they showed up for work. But, like, we have a lot of people that don't show up right. for a variety of reasons. Um, so you got to be appreciative of people, you know. How's it going? Can I help you? You know, and we have people who, again, the world is crazy right now. So people are struggling with a lot of different things. So we have to try to be um, understanding and empathetic to the situations that people might be living in. Availability is the best ability, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. You also touched on it there talking about about um, sort of training employees, and that's one change that's happened here as well, you know, bringing on a director of training. How important is that, too, do you think, for operators to have sort of a standardized universal training for all employees that they're working through that process um, in terms of sort of, again, operating their car wash, how important is it to have that kind of standardized process and, and how has um, Hoffman Car Wash implemented that as well? I mean, I think that's incredibly important because I think it starts everybody off on, you know, in, uh, in the same place. Uh, I think consistency is good for that. And I think having Walt as our director of training over the last years has really helped us to solidify and um, create a standardized first day, first week, first month training procedure, as well as some follow-up on that. So I think it's really important that everybody that comes in has somewhat the same type of experience in their first couple days that they get trained because I think it happens less, it probably still happens a little bit, but I think maybe historically you get a new employee, they come in on the first day and like, it's a really busy day. So like, hey, here you go, go wash some cars. Right. <laughs> here, you know, here's the, you know, the prep gun and go out there or whatever without a whole lot of training. And I don't think that creates a good experience for people. So we try to really emphasize that now that here's a whole checklist of things mm -hmm. you should be doing with your employees. Make sure you're checking in. How did it go? Is there something that surprised you? Can we do anything different? Um, as well as doing some follow-up um, with that. And I think outside of our locations our washes and lubes and things like that here in our more support departments uh what we've implemented in hr is that one of our recruiters or hr staff does a one-week check-in and then a 30-day check-in um, as well as making sure that there's feedback from their direct manager so hey how's it going like did you find the basic things because those are the things that can trip people up it's a new place do right. they not know all the you know they're always like the odd man out till you kind of get used to things so we're trying to minimize that I think, I mean, that's obviously important too. the consistency of the training, because what that's going to speak to or translate to is a consistency of experience for the customer. Then exactly. You when you're trained the same way, it shouldn't matter what location you go to, the staff's getting that same kind of information and the same kind of, um, same kind of training, then they're going to be able to, to provide sort of a similar experience across the board. And like you said, won't just show up on day one, like, here you go, go, go get them. Cause again, for the managers, it's easy to get bogged down and right. lose track of that. And then just say, you know, Here's a here's a body. Go wash go wash the cars. You know, without without the proper um, sort of proper training in the outline of you know what they should be doing. Right, and I do think that's a continued challenge because we have so many locations, right. we have so many different managers, and um, you know, so somebody might get you know the procedures might be different. I think you know having the training department, having Walt 
really look at training procedures to make sure that people are doing things, not only the training procedures, but the actual work procedures in the same way. Having Dave and his role is helping to bring that consistency that we need, I think, across the company. Um, and then we translate that into training. And I think, again, it just becomes a much more consistent experience for our customers, which is important as we continue to build more and they're closer to each other. Like, it makes more sense. Right. That's what your customers are looking for. And so to kind of build off that too, talking about the continued expansion of Hoffman Car Wash, obviously there's plans for several more locations coming soon, which then translates to more support staff is going to be needed, whether that's through IT or service department. Um, how, how do you navigate staffing for growth in terms of not necessarily being not necessarily being reactionary, but being anticipatory to your needs as well? Because you don't want to add a million positions without actually knowing what you're going to need. So how do you sort of navigate that world of saying, here's what we're, pro how, here, how do you estimate what you're going to need moving forward as you look to add, you know, as, as the wash keeps adding more locations and continues to expand? I think that's a little bit of a work in progress, Dan. Um, you know, at one point this year, when we were talking about all the expansion and we were doing some work with IT who was adding positions, mm -hmm. you know, I said to a couple other directors, I said, you know, we should try to figure out what the formula is. I don't think we've yet right. figured that out yet, but we should try to figure out, okay, so for every, you know, location or number of employees, we need X number of marketing mm -hmm. individuals or HR or IT so that we have some way to predict for the future. So I think we're starting to get a little bit better and at least starting to think a little bit more proactively about that. Um, but the growth that we're going to have in the next few years is unlike anything we've had. So I think we need to make sure that we're staying ahead of that and, and just having those conversations with Ron and Tommy and, and whoever. Right. And then, you know, probably the current labor market balance with that, you know, you're trying to add positions, but finding the people to add to the positions and right. how many you're adding is probably also adding to that challenge as well. Then it continues to be really challenging at any level to hire people. Yeah. Um, so in terms of um, the future for the company itself, what is that looking like right now in terms of positions adding or sort of the expansion itself to speak to that? Cause I said, you know, we're looking at growth, but um, how, how soon are those positions getting at, you know, how, how soon are you looking to add positions and expand the actual, the sort of support staff roles and, and within the wash, how far out do you look at those positions? Again, I don't know that we've sat down and really done a whole lot of like, how does, you know, all the washes we're going to open next year translate mm -hmm. into X number of positions for the support departments. I think we've done a pretty good job through this year of adding some new staff and doing some expansion. So I think we're well positioned. Um, I don't feel like anybody's really not good there. <laughs> Understaffed entirely because we have added positions this year and, and continued to recruit. Um, so as long as we stay stable and we don't lose anybody, I think we're okay going into next year with the expansion. Um, but I think we'll just have to kind of see how that goes. I mean, IT, who's added a lot of positions this year, I think is really well positioned right now for the growth. And we've tried to anticipate that when, you know, kind of proposing to Ron, oh, we might need this position right. then. Well, if we can find somebody now, I mean, and Ron's been super supportive of that. Um, you know, even with construction and things like that, with everything happening, if we find people who are qualified and want to work here, let's add them now and be ahead of the game. Right. So I guess there's always a piece of it too, that you're just going to have to be reactionary because as much as you can try and anticipate it, there's still going to be unpredictable pieces of it, you know, right. in terms of volume, in terms of growth, those sort of things of what you might need. You might right. not, you can't, some, some things just don't realize until, until it happens. There's no way kind of around that. Right. And I mean, we're just starting to dip our toe into the, 
Utica, mm -hmm. Rome right. labor market. We're actually doing some open interviews next week out there to hire for our New Yorkville location. And uh, just, you know, it's a slightly different labor market out there. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what that brings and kind of, you know, how much different is it from here and, and what we find out there. So. so how do you work that then in terms of hiring, you know, for different spots? Because obviously there's, there's expanded out to Binghamton and now Utica. Um, how do you navigate hiring for those areas as well? Well, I guess, you know, most of our recruiting is done, you know, we just, you know, put things, it's all done online these days, obviously. Right. Um, so there's different ways to post in different locations. We've made some contacts in the Utica Rome area with um, the Department of Labor out there to just try to get some information mm -hmm. about what the labor market looks like. And so we work pretty closely. Um, I mean, none of those like locations are that far that if they need HR support, we can't go there. Um, we're doing some open interviews in Utica next week, and we'll probably, HR will probably go out there. Um, we can get to Utica. We, and, uh, we've been to Binghamton before, so if we need to support location staffing up, we can certainly do that. And again, working with local community, again, Department of Labor, maybe people in the schools out there and things like that, just making the context that we need to in the community, I think is helpful. And from a management standpoint, a lot of that gets transitioned from you have people moving from here essentially to positions out there. Is that right? In, in the Utica area? And At least for the management right. level. Um, we typically would um, have people that are, you know, understand our business, have been in our business. So we've got uh, two of the management folks for Yorkville who have transferred from other locations that are out there. But the rest of the staff, um, other supervisors, line attendants, and things like that, would we're going to hire them directly. So they won't have any prior experience with the company. How valuable is that, though, to be able to move people internally? Or how important is that, do you think, to, to move people within the company instead of hiring you know, ex exterior people for sort of when you move to those middle management or management positions? Because obviously the people, you know, when you look at our district managers who have all been here for 20-plus years, they've all come through the ranks, either the car washes or the lube. So how valuable is that as a company to be able to move people through those positions? I think it's incredibly valuable because it helps to, again, have that culture piece, um, which I think is a little bit of a intangible that's hard to train people for. It's also hard to assess people for that. Right. You know, you, we interview people and, you know, we ask them, oh, we're busy. We're focused on productivity or this and that. And like, then people get in there like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't think you meant like that. <laughs> um, so I think that's a, a big challenge for us as we continue to grow is kind of the assimilation into our culture. Um, and I haven't quite figured out exactly what kind of the recipe for that right. is, but I have certainly recognized that that's a challenge for us. And I've seen people come in who have worked out and I've seen people come in who haven't. And I haven't quite figured out what, what, what makes one work right. and what doesn't. But I think we have to be attuned to the fact that the culture is a big piece. So I think by bringing management out there, that helps with that consistency and that culture piece um, to kind of trickle that down to create the Hoffman experience out in new areas. It really is a unique Industry. I mean, the car wash industry or even the Jiffy Lube side, but the car wash industry really is such a unique industry in terms of when you're talking about, when you're talking about pace and productivity and those sort of things, it seems like that translates across, you know, it translates across other industries, but it's just, for some reason, doesn't seem like it clicks quite the same way as it does when you're looking at the car wash part of it. Well, right. I think the complexity of, um, and again, as you said, the uniqueness of what makes a car wash or a Jiffy Lube and then what makes it, um, our culture of Hoffman car wash and Hoffman right. Jiffy Lube, um, I think is that we're always focused on doing the best that we can for the customers. You know, we're very focused on 
um, the image and the appearance and the customer experience and doing it right. So I think, you know, not everybody comes here with that kind of experience from where they might have worked before. Um, and some other unique elements, obviously, some of the weather factor that we have mm -hmm. in terms of it sure. doesn't, you know, you can say to people, oh, yes, I love working outside. <laughs> yeah. I love the hot. I love the cold. Yeah. But then, like, the reality of that is is quite a bit different for people. <laughs> right. So. And it's also kind of uniquely positioned business in that at its core, it's a family business. But as you look at the growth that the company's had and you look around this area, it, I don't even know that people necessarily would even understand it that way just because it's so it's such a massive corporation now. Right. But at its core... Like you said, the culture piece of it, it's still very much a family-owned business. That's right. Yeah. I was doing some screening with somebody on a phone yesterday, the phone yesterday and just kind of talking a little bit about the company and, again, a little bit about the culture and explaining some of the differences of that. It's like it's been a family-owned business, and we're at this kind of crossroads right now as we continue to expand and really, really, like all the potential expansion in the next few years is, is crazy and say that's why we need to be adding some of these kind of professional positions mm -hmm. that maybe we haven't had in the past because um, of the growth and because of just what we're doing these days. So, but I, we'll, we're going to continue to have that feel of a family owned company, I think, obviously. Well, I think to end, I always like to ask resources that you have, your favorite resources, favorite go-tos in terms of it can be for HR, or it can be good reads that you've had, books, websites, social media accounts, anything that you find useful to you that you're using on a daily basis that you would recommend. Um, I don't know if there's anything specific, but, you know, I like to look at LinkedIn. There's a lot of great articles on LinkedIn in terms of HR type things. Um, I mean, I follow a lot of different companies and stuff on Twitter, on Instagram. I follow a lot of other car washes and things like that just to get a sense of what other people are doing. And I think you just have to, um, look out there and see what your competition is doing in terms of recruiting. I mean, my team and I sometimes like, you know, we'll send pictures to each other at night of like, oh, I found this. Like, <laughs> can we try that? And, um, you know, different articles and things like that about just what companies are doing for their employees. So I don't know if it's one specific company, but I try to, you know, follow a lot of different things on social media to see what's going on out there. And again, stay relevant to what's going on because right. the labor market's just changing so incredibly right. these days. You kind of got to be aware of what your competition is doing because otherwise, especially now, you'll just right. definitely you'll get, it's easy to get oh my lost. gosh, easy yeah. To get missed. Yeah, it's crazy right now. So. I think that about does it for us. So I think relatively painless. Relatively painless, Dan. You made it through. I made it through. <laughs> it's not too bad. <laughs> well, hopefully then we'll get a maybe return return podcast. Okay. And then, then we'll launch off into the book. Into the, into uh, the book deal. Into most, the book deal. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. maybe you can write the four I could, there for it. I could do a whole podcast <laughs> on crazy things that happen in HR and have happened in maybe HR. Maybe that's next. That would be, that would be really, people would really Katie like Lindsay that. Katie in here. Oh, yeah. That can be ideal. Yeah, we got some good With stuff. a little bit of anonymity, so it would be perfect. Yeah, it'd be terrific. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Mary Ellen. Thanks, thanks again for Thanks, Thanks. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks again to Mary Ellen for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. As always, you can find us at InnovateAtCarWash.com. You can subscribe to the Modern Car Wash podcast wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.